Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. That being said, if you're ready to study the Word of God, say Merry Christmas. All right, let's do it. I would say get out your sermon notes, but you have none today. But you do have a candle that was given to you. Obviously, we're going to have a candlelight service at the end of this the short devotional type of message. And I, I want to tell you a couple of things about that. First of all, just hold those candles where they are for now. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know how it's going to happen down the road. But um, if you have children, uh, your children are welcome to join us in, in this uh, uh, candlelight service. Just just uh, help us watch them, okay? Make sure that they're that they're not going to drop the candle in the seat and, and and light the place on fire. We don't want that. We don't want that kind of candlelight service. I I do not want to go through another building project anytime soon. Let me say it like that. So uh, uh, so just you know help with your kids. Make sure they're not dripping wax everywhere and stuff like that. And um, it's going to be a wonderful moment that the Lord is going to produce at the end. I know you're going to be encouraged today before you leave. Uh, I, I want to talk to you. Um, uh, about something that's found in the Bible quite often. It's really, uh, um, it's found throughout the entirety of the Bible. But today, before we go any further, I, I want to share with you um, uh, what, what really is the first Christmas verse in, in all of the Bible. It's the very first Christmas verse in all of the Bible. And, and I know a lot of you in the room are like, okay, he's going to go to Matthew chapter 1. Nope, not not going to go to Matthew chapter 1. And so so maybe some of you have studied the Bible are like, oh, okay. Well, he's going to go to the book of Isaiah, he's going to go to Isaiah chapter 9, or he's going to go to the book of Psalms, and he's going to talk about these messianic psalms, or these psalms that prophesied about the coming of the Lord Jesus. Those have to be the first. And no, that, that's actually not, that, that's not it either. It's, it's the first Christmas verse in the Bible, and to, to experience that, you have to go way back. In fact, let me say it like this. Uh, I, I learned this in Bible school. It's just very common. Uh, if you went to Bible school, if, if they taught you how to study the Bible, if they taught you theology, then one thing that you would always walk away from, from uh, Bible school with was how to, to study the Word of God. And one of those ways, they, they call it the law or the principle of first mention, the law of first mention. And what that means is if you want to go to the purest teaching on a certain subject, Go to the very first time it was mentioned in the Bible, then that will be the purest time. That will be um, the time where you'll probably learn the most about that subject. And the subject that we're going to talk about today, we've been talking about it all morning, is actually the subject of light. We, we would even call it the doctrine of light. Um, and it is mentioned first, not in Matthew and not in Isaiah, not in the book of Psalms, but actually it's mentioned all the way back in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, Chapter 1, the very first chapter of the Bible, starting in verse 1, the very first verse of the Bible. We're going to read Genesis 1, 1 through 3, and you're going to, you're going to hear the very first Christmas verse in these three verses. Here, here we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty. Listen to this. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And, and, and here it is, the very first Christmas verse. And God said, let there be light. 
and there was light. You say, that, that's not, okay, that's not a Christmas verse at all. Absolutely wrong if you think that. It is a Christmas verse. Let, let me say it like this. God looked around at creation, and he saw something that he did not like. He saw darkness. And out of that darkness, he said, let there be light. So let me express it another way. God has always been motivated by darkness. Darkness motivates God. And in fact, the reason that Jesus came 2,000 years ago, being born of a virgin, born in a stable, placed in a manger, and people came to work, the reason that that happened was because the world was dark. The world was dark. And darkness actually motivates God. So God said, let there be light. And there was light. I'm going to prove this to you in Scripture. You say, okay, well, that happens in the Old Testament, but where else does it happen? All throughout the Bible. In fact, let me say it this way, everybody. I've come to discover that there are certain themes throughout the, the, the entirety of the Bible, and I think one of the main themes, themes of the entire Bible is, is this, and you'll find this all the way from Genesis to the book of Revelation, meaning from the first page to the last page. It's God, our Heavenly Father, saying to all who've ever been born, I love you, come to me. I love you, come to me. I love you, come to me. He says it over and over and over and over again. Think about the Israelites, everybody. How many times the children, how many times the children of God were rebelling against God? And over and over and over again, he would send a man of God or he would send a, a prophet, and they would tell him, Hey, you're running from God. God loves you. Our Heavenly Father loves you. Come back to him. Come back to him. It's over and over and over and over in Scripture. God saying, I love you, come to me. I love you, come to me. In fact, we go to all the way back to the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation. These are literally some of the last words of the Bible. It says, whoever's thirsty, come. And I'll give you something to drink. Whoever wants can come to me because I love you. It's the theme of the Bible. Now, there are other themes in the Bible, and one of those themes happens to do with light. And we see it at the very beginning, let there be light, and there was light. And then we also see it throughout the entirety of Scripture. In fact, uh, let me give you some examples. 1 John 1.5 so we're going to move to the New Testament. This is the same message 1 John 1, 5 says. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, watch this, God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. Let, let me tell you something about God. Darkness bothers him. It motivates him to change things. Why? It bothers him. Why does it bother him? Because he is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. So if there's darkness in the world, does it come from God? The answer is no. And you need to know that because when bad things happen in your life or bad things happen in the lives around us, how easy is it 
for us to, to see and experience bad things, or let me say it this way, dark things or dark times. And oftentimes we'll, we'll think about those dark things, those dark situations, the turmoil, the death, the sickness. We'll think about that darkness and we'll turn to the God of light and accuse him of being dark. But the Bible says there is no darkness in him at all. There is no darkness in him at all. So, so we, we, have, we have dark things around us, and we go to the God of light and say, well, this is your fault. Why did you do this? I can't tell you the number of funerals in which I've officiated over and over and over again, not just five times or ten times, but dozens and dozens and dozens of times where people at a funeral, oftentimes family members, loved ones, will come and they'll say some things like, well, I don't know why God did this, but I guess I have to trust him. And I have to look at them and say, no, 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 no. God is a God of life. He's not a God of death. Why are you accusing? And I say it very, very nicely and very gently. Okay, so I'm not saying it like I'm telling you right now. So I, I do have manners, everybody. I, I promise, I do. I, I, do, I do have manners. But in my own way, I'll tell them, why, why is it so easy to, to blame the God of light for darkness? When there is evil in this world that the devil really does exist and his demonic forces exist, and by the way, the devil and his demonic force, they are opposed to light. They love darkness. And isn't it easy for us sometimes to, to look past the one who's actually at fault and look to the God of light and accuse him of being dark? The Bible very clearly says there is no darkness in him. In fact, God is light. That, that's why we should never accuse God of lying. Why? Because God is truth. We should never accuse God of hatred because God is love. We, we should never accuse God of taking things away from us or stealing from us because God is generous. You see how that works? But isn't it easy? In fact, can I tell you, that when you start accusing God of things that the devil does, it's because you have darkness in you because somebody is deceiving you. You're like, well, pastor, this isn't Christmassy at all. It's about to be. So can you hang in there just for a few seconds? Because the light of Christmas is about to show up in this room and it's going to be glorious. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And, and, and you think, well, boy, those are a lot of words. What's that really even mean? It means for you to experience the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say it like this. The light of Jesus Christ, the salvation of Jesus Christ, that there was so much darkness in you that God had to open you up just to allow some light into you so that you could understand who Jesus really is. 
so you could understand that he really is the Savior. You were so dark that God said, hey, listen, I've got to light you up a little bit so you can just understand, have some knowledge of Jesus Christ before you can even accept him as Savior. I got, I just, I got to pour some light into you because if we don't have Jesus Christ, if we don't have our Heavenly Father in us, living in us, if we have not surrendered ourselves to him, we are walking in Darkness, that's what the Bible says. So God is motivated. He is motivated by darkness. And when you have darkness in your life, he's not okay with that. He wants to change that. He wants you to be filled with light. And to be filled with light means you're also being filled with life. So Christmas then is a celebration not just of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, although that primarily, I mean, that's yes, that's what it is, but it is a celebration of light. It's a celebration of light. In fact, let me, let me tell you some, some cool things. The longest day of the year is June uh, 21st. That's the summer solstice. The shortest day of the year is actually, it was actually just two days ago. Did you guys know that? So, so, so the day in which the night is the longest and the day is the shortest that just happened two days ago. So first of all, you need to know this. Hey, everybody, we're going to make it. It's, we're on our way up now. Aren't you glad about that? That sunlight's coming. And the second thing is, I don't think it's a coincidence that whoever chose to place Christmas on the calendar chose the darkest season almost to the day to place the Christmas celebration. Because I know a lot of you are like, well, I know that actually um, Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th. I've heard my pastor one time say, or I read a book, and they, they really believe he, he was actually born sometime in the, in the month of, of April. Can I, can I tell you something about that? I don't care. I don't care. I mean, and can I tell you why? I don't worship dates. I worship Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you celebrate Jesus today or next week or, or next month, I don't care when you celebrate Jesus, just celebrate Jesus. But I think it's pretty cool that we celebrate the birth of Christ in, 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 the, in, in the darkest period of our season. Isn't that interesting? In, in fact, everybody, let's talk, about, let's talk about the season of light and that we're celebrating light. I mean, it's all throughout the Christmas story. We're not going to hang there for very long, but, of course, God instructed some, some wise men to go find Jesus. And what were they guided by? They were guided by light. They were guided by a star. And remember the shepherds in the field, they were not just in the field, but the Bible says they were in the field at night. Coincidence? I don't think so. No coincidences in the Bible. They were in the field at night, and then an angel appeared to them, and then a host of heavenly angels appeared to them, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Like, everybody, can I say it this way? They lit up the sky. Not only the sky, they lit up the night sky. Why? Because Jesus' birth is a celebration of light. Now, I'm going to come back to this in a second. In fact, I'm going to end with some, a story here, but let, let's just talk about where Jesus was born. A lot of times we talk about the manger and we talk about the stable, and yet that's not what, that's not what really it probably was at all. In fact, the vast majority of theologians believe that and know this around Bethlehem are a lot of caves and that 
when the innkeeper said, hey, we don't have room for you, but you can go to the stable, he actually led them to a cave. And, and, and the manger isn't just a, a, a little wooden triangle with hay in it. It was probably a, a, a trough that was cut out of the wall inside of this cave. And can I tell you what one of the most dark places on earth is? It's a cave. In fact, I, I, you'll hear this a little bit later, but I went caving a lot when I was in college. I mean, a lot. And, um, and when we would go into the back of the cave, we would shut out all of our lights. And, and you could put your hand, I mean, just an inch away from your face, and you couldn't see it. You couldn't see anything. The darkest of dark. Do you think it's a coincidence that Jesus was born in a cave? Well, I don't think so, and I have some reasons why. Back John chapter 1 Verse 1 through 5 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not Overcome it. Jesus shined in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. I don't think it was a coincidence at all that Jesus was born in a cave. In fact, everybody, if you if you read the gospel story, if you read if you read the story of the birth of Jesus, that Jesus' life story was found in four books of the Bible. You probably know this: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, Matthew and Luke give all of the details according to, uh, or, or about the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew and Luke do that, but Mark and John don't give all the detail. They kind of go straight to the ministry of Jesus and not through his birth. Everybody with me so far? So we could say it this way, that Matthew and Luke, when they're writing their gospels, that they're focused on the details, but Mark and John were actually focused on the significance of who Jesus was. You see it? That's why John skips through the, the, the whole uh, uh, Bethlehem, manger, wise men, shepherds, angels. He skips all of that, and he just goes right to the heart of Ministry. Why? Because in John's mind, he's not, I, I don't want to just write about the history of Jesus. I want to write about the significance of Jesus. And, and it's John who says this in, in chapter 8. He says, and when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's just stop right there. Hold that right there. And you think that's a great verse. You know what that verse directly follows? In John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, 11 short verses, talk about the woman caught in sin, the woman caught in adultery. And so they catch this woman in adultery, these Pharisees, these religious people, and they come in the street and they kind of throw her at the feet of Jesus and they all pick up stones because they know that the sentence for being caught in adultery is to be stoned to death. And you know this story. If you don't know the story, you at least know the phrase that's attached to the story because they, they, they come out there and they're, they're talking to Jesus and, and they're trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to, to say, well, you know, if you really follow the law, you're going to help us kill her. And if you don't do it, then actually you'll be disobeying the law and we have you either way. 
Well, Jesus looks at her and he looks at all those guys and what does he say to them? He says, let, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And well, what does the Bible say they do? Well, he had them, didn't he? And one by one, they dropped their stones and they walked away. And Jesus looks at her and he says, where are your accusers? And she says, apparently, Jesus, I don't have any. And he says, and neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. And we think, wow, what a, what a great story that is. And that is a beautiful story. But that's not the entirety of the story. We always stop right there. But the next verse is, and when Jesus spoke again to the people, so he's looking around, looking around at the people. He just said, hey, go on. Your sins are forgiven. I, I'm not accusing you either. Go on. He looks around. He says, hey, everybody, I'm the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Like, like the darkness that she was just found in, did you see what happened in her life, the change that just occurred in her life, that she was found in darkness. But by the end of it, everybody, she was forgiven, and she walked away in light. And he's looking around, he's like, hey, that same thing that just happened in her can happen to all of you because I am the light of life. I am the light of the world. If you're found in me, you don't have to walk in darkness you don't have to worry about being caught. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen to you because you're a sinner. You don't have to worry about that. John chapter 12, again, writing about the significance of Jesus. John writes in chapter 12, verse 46 about Jesus. Jesus said this, and I have come into the world as a light and that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Like, if you just believe in me, you don't have to stay in darkness. If you believe in me, you don't have to stay in darkness. See, Christmas is a celebration of the light. It's a celebration of the light. Jesus said, if you're found in me, you don't have to stay in darkness. Why? Because Jesus is motivated by darkness. He loves, he loves changing dark things. Let, let me ask you this question, new song. Have you ever found yourself in darkness? And, and for those of us who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we can already tell you we have. But okay, so, so let me say it this way. All of us who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ have trusted him as Savior in our life. It, we did that because we looked inside and we said, wow, it's pretty dark in there. Like I got some stuff in me that I know God isn't pleased with. I have some darkness in me. And can I, can I even go further? It bothered us, didn't it? It bothered us that we, had light, that we had darkness in us because we knew we weren't supposed to be living like that. And we knew we needed a Savior. We knew we needed the light of life. And so we invited that light in. We invited Jesus in. And we asked him to get rid of all the darkness. And Jesus said, of course I will. Because if you believe in me, if you believe in the light, you'll walk in the light. You'll walk in the light. 
I'm wondering if there's not some people in this room that would look inside of yourself today and say, you know what, I'm in darkness. I don't have Jesus living in me. There's some things in my life that I hate about me. There's some things in, in my life that if, if, I, if I were to open up and you'd see everything happening inside of me, I would be so embarrassed. I have some darkness in me. And I need the light of life to come in and, and light it up in me. Today's a great day for you. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, meaning every single person in this room, we have carried darkness inside, haven't we? But the source of hope that I have in my life is that I ran to the light of life. I ran to Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, I don't want to live in darkness. So I'm trusting you as Savior. And Jesus came in. He said, you're forgiven. And not, not only that I was forgiven, but the Bible goes even further. Jesus would, would look at me and say, and you're, you're not just forgiven, you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. You have been washed clean. Let, let me say it this way. The Bible, in fact, says it this way, that he comes in and he's so filled with light that he washes all of those dark places. And the Bible says he makes them as white as snow. That's pretty bright, isn't it? Not because of your goodness, but because of his goodness. And I know for every believer here in this room, you're so grateful, aren't you? How many are grateful that the light of life came into your life? Isn't that a great, isn't that a great thing that we can walk in joy, we can walk in peace and, and hope? But if you haven't experienced that, today's the day for you. Today's the day for you. And I'm, I want you to, now the service isn't done yet. I'm just going to give you a chance right now to invite Jesus Christ, the light of life, to invite him in right now. And you can do that right where you are. It can happen right where you are. Again, John 12, 46, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus is motivated by the darkness he sees in your light. And he says, if you invite me in, you don't have to stay in darkness. You don't have to stay in darkness. I'm going to wash you as white as snow. I'm going to make the dark things go away, and you're going to be filled with the light of life. Would you bow your heads with me? If that's you in this room and you say, Pastor, that's me, I, I, uh, I have some dark places in my life, and I just need the Lord Jesus Christ to come and wash me and cleanse me from all that darkness, and I realize Jesus is the answer that I've been looking for. I realize that I will continue to stay in darkness unless I invite him in. So I'm going to do that right now. If that's you, would you just hold up your hand and just hold it up really high for me to see. Several people. Anybody else? All right, you can put down your hands. I'm so proud of you. I'm just going to pray a prayer. Simple, you can just stay right where you are. And if you pray this prayer, Jesus is about to come in. And he's going to wash you as white as snow. And you don't have to be in darkness anymore. Heavenly Father, thank you. 
that you sent your son Jesus, the light of the world, into this very dark world so that people who were walking in darkness could experience that great light and be changed and be forgiven and be cleansed from everything that they've ever done wrong. Thank you, Jesus, for being the light of the world. Thank you for coming into this dark world, this messy world. Thank you for showing me the darkness inside of me, but also showing me the reality of who you are, Jesus. You are Savior of the world, and you're my Savior too. And I'm asking you, Jesus, not only to forgive me of all of my sins, but to wash me clean. To come in and take over the darkness in my life and get rid of it. I don't want to walk in darkness anymore. I want to walk with you. I want to live a life, Jesus, that's surrendered to you. So today I'm trusting you, Jesus, as Savior. And I'm asking you to be Lord of my life. Jesus, I know you are Lord. Be Lord of my life. And I thank you for doing it. And I thank you for verses that tell me that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, just like I did right then, everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They shall be filled with light. And I want to say thank you for filling me with your light. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for your grace and your mercy in my life. And I want you to know that I love you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get any further, could we just give a hand clap of praise to God for those who gave their lives to Jesus? And then I want you to do something else. This is how we're going to conclude the service. I know it's dark in here. It's meant to be. In fact, why don't we all stand up together and get your candles ready. I told you I was going to come back to an illustration that I used earlier about caving. And um, I, I, I mean this literally. I, I've been in dozens and dozens of caves. I know a lot of people call it spelunking. We just called it caving back in the day. And, Surrounding, surrounding Springfield, Missouri, where I went to college for four years, uh, uh, caves were just everywhere. And I, I, I went to so many of them. In fact, my brother's here this morning. And, and he, he, he's the one that taught me, because he went to Springfield first when he went to college. And so he's the one that taught me where a lot of these caves were. And then I found more of my own. And we even, everybody, we even took my mom and dad caving. If you know my mom and dad, like the, the, the story I'm about to tell you, my mom and dad have been inside of that cave. And, um, one of the years that I was in college, I must have been a freshman, I think. Um, I, I just started caving and, and I'd already been multiple times. And um, my sweet mate was really concerned one night because they couldn't find his sister. And, and so, and, and she never, her roommate called, called my sweet mate and, and said, hey, you know, my roommate never came back. Of course, that was his sister. She never came back to, to, to the room last night. She wasn't here this morning. I don't know where she is. I'm scared. And um, so we started calling all of the friends and obviously called the police. And 
And uh, through, through uh, just investigation, we found out that, that her and a couple of other people went caving the night before, and they just never came home. And, and I looked at my sweet mate, and I said, listen, call the police, have them meet us out there, but I guarantee you, I know exactly where she is. I've been in that cave multiple times. It's the, it was the most popular cave that, that we all went to because multiple people went caving back in those days. And so I said, let's get our flashlights together, get our old clothes on because, you know, it was way back in there. And, and it was, well, it was caving. It wasn't like climbing on rocks. There's a lot of mud and let's just say some other stuff inside of the cave. And um, I'll tell you, we uh, made our way within the next hour, hour and a half, we were, we were inside of that cave and it was a long walk just to get out there. It was at least a mile walk just to get to the cave. And, and this cave was so big, the entrance of it was so big, you could fit two houses at, at the entrance of it. It's just huge on the outside. But once you started going back, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And um, we just kept going further back and further back and further back. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we, we started here. I, I remember my sweet mate, he's like, shh, 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 shh. We're all, we're all, what, what? He's like, I hear something. And, and we, we, we honed in on it. And, and we could hear people crying, but not hysterically, a joyful cry. All because they caught a glimpse, just a glimpse of a little flashlight that said somebody's on their way. And, 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 and it still took us a long time to get back to where they were. And of course, you know, the story by now probably that they went back there, they went caving and their flashlights just died. They were stupid because they only took two flashlights and there were three or four of them there. And that's just idiotic. You just don't do that. And that, that, that's what they did because their, their boyfriends were like all big and bad. Oh, we got your cover, you know, that is how many know men are stupid sometimes? Okay, especially when it concerns ladies, men are stupid sometimes, right? And, um, and I'll tell you, the closer that we got to them as, as we were part of that rescue team that got to them, the closer we got to them, the, the more they cried and it just, just joyfully hysteric. All because that entire night, they were completely in darkness. But when just the smallest of lights comes into darkness, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And, and right now, you're about to see something that, that'll, that's beautiful. It's just going to happen in this room. As we have this candlelight service, it's going to be beautiful. But I, but I want you to remember a new song that you carry the light of life in you, that Jesus Christ is in us. And that, and that when we walk into darkness, when we walk into dark situations, the same joy that filled those, those girls and young men when they saw flashlights coming their way, when they saw that light was coming, that same joy should be experienced by others when we are around them as we are a light in the darkness, they should start realizing, wow, something's different about them. Something, something's amazing about them. I don't know what they have, but I'm interested because they live life differently than I and They have a different outlook than I and they're filled with joy and they're filled with hope and they're filled with peace and I don't have those things. See, when we walk into a room, new song, even if it's a dark room, it should be lit up with the joy and the life and the light of Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing. In fact, Ephesians 5.8 says, For you once, new song, you were once in darkness, but now you are light 
in the Lord. And he goes on to say this, live as children of light. Ushers, would you make your way down to the front? And ushers are going to do something just in a, in a moment here. They're just going to start lighting some candles. And, and as you get your candle lit, obviously you've been in candlelight services. We, we just want you to turn to the next person and light their candle too until everybody's candles are lit in the room, all right? Ushers, go ahead and start doing that right now. And then why as they do that, I want to read another verse to you. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father and have a new song, make no mistake about it, we have a light to shine before men. And it is a light that is a beautiful light in a very dark world. Just as Jesus is a beautiful Savior in a very dark world, so we are a beautiful church in a very dark world. And we are meant to be the light. Light of the world. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.